Welcome to Embrace the Musica, where we're going to dig into the raw, vulnerable, tough, and beautiful pieces of this journey called life. I'm Dominique Dines, who at the age of 21 moved abroad to Mexico to start teaching after growing up in a small town in Minnesota. My husband is from Peru, and we met salsa dancing 10 years ago in Guadalajara, Mexico. Here we are today raising two lovely tricultural kids. We speak more Spanish than English in our home and do a lot of salsa dancing in the kitchen. Embrace the Musica is going to be a place where we talk about what it's like being married to someone from a completely different culture, living in a place that neither of us grew up in, being a working mom, constantly fighting or accepting cultural norms, and all the things that keep us afloat, which includes a lot of heart and humility. So let's embrace the Musica today. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to Embrace the Musica this week. I am very excited to invite one of my good friends, Tatia, with us today. And I'm just so excited for everyone to hear a little bit more about her story. Uh, Tatia and I met when our firstborn sons were both, I think, probably around 10 months old, if I'm not mistaken. And it was one of those things that as soon as we met, we just knew we were going to be good friends, you know, having kids the same age. And just being able to have another mom to talk to to realize we're not crazy with all the things um, as our, you know, babies were growing, growing and we were both working. And so our families in a lot of ways have kind of been parallel and that we've been married the same amount of years. We have kids the same ages and we're both married to someone from Latin America. And beyond all of that, Tatia loves working as much or even more than I do. I am so impressed about or with Tatsia and her work ethic and just how passionate she is um, about her career. So I would love to ask you a few questions, Tatia, so you can tell us a little bit more about that. Um, so thank you so much, Tatia, for being here today. There's so much more I could have said in the intro, but I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more rather than me. So can you just start with maybe your family, where you grew up? Also tell us your full name, because I always just call you Tatia. <laughs> uh, thank you so, so much, Dom, um, for inviting me. And uh, I'm, I've always been just as impressed with your passion for work and um, your drive. So it's, yes, uh, the feeling there is mutual. Uh, so my full name is Tatia Zuluaga. Obviously, that's my nickname and my married name. So yes, I've shortened it from <laughs> a, a very long name as well. Um, but a little bit about me. Let's see. So I was born in a small country called Georgia, not Georgia, Atlanta, which most people, even even the, the U.S. passport put Georgia, Atlanta, but oh, funny. it was <laughs> Republic of Georgia. Um, and I moved to the U.S. when we were, when I was nine. So back in 1994, um, we, we came with no English and very little money. So we really had to just start from scratch, build everything, um, learn the language. And from a very kind of a young age, I've been uh, very motivated by money. Uh, my driver was always having my own income and, and really not depending on anyone financially, not even my parents. Uh, I remember when I was in Georgia, when I was about five years old, I would be selling clothes uh, to my neighbor and to using that money to buy whatever I wanted to buy as a little kid. And then when I came to the US, my dad was a big driver in terms of 
you know, he would always promote us working and learning. And so I started my first successful gig with, um, it was a small uh, ski school that I did on the weekends. So at age 16, I was making around like $650 in one weekend teaching kids how to ski. Oh my goodness, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was, it definitely paid for uh, a lot of my uh, activities or my clothes or whatever I wanted to buy. And then eventually I continued that into college and also that um, helped to pay for my university. And so then at age 18, um, in, in addition to the ski school, I got my real estate license where I became a broker and started selling homes. And so that that's really what ended up paying for my University of Washington degree. And that's crazy, Tatia. Like, I didn't know the ski part. I knew that you went into real estate at a very young age. But thinking about that very, I guess, entrepreneurial sort of attitude, you know, like you knew what you wanted. You know, you said money was a driver. But how did you learn all the ropes? Because I definitely did not know anything about real estate, nor hardly know anything today. But I mean, at 18, how did you learn um, about that market, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know much about it either. So (laughs) um, I knew I loved real estate because I would go uh, showings with my dad because he was buying some property at the time. And I just, I love to know Um, how much they were asking and how we were going to negotiate it and what was included and I would review the contracts and and so he really saw the the spark in my eyes when we would go into showings and look at the real estate and so he's like you should do this you know at 18 you're legally allowed to get a real estate license and so I became the youngest broker which is um, you know a step higher than the just a regular license and so uh, I became the, the youngest broker in the state of Washington at 18. Oh my, oh my goodness, I had no idea. Like, I've known you now for five years and never knew that fact. That's crazy. Yeah, it was, uh, and a lot of, um, I think a lot of it, it was just mimicking and shadowing the best real estate brokers or agents. So, you know, figuring out who's on the, the top um, top selling list and trying to understand what they do and how they do it, what their processes and what the strategies is. And so really um, following their footsteps. And then I think the the thing that I ended up learning um, during my real estate career was I didn't know everything. And so when a client would ask me something, I would just say, you know, I, I don't know. And, uh, and I would get back to them. But that obviously relieved a lot of my pressure to know everything. Mm-hmm. And then um, I just remember there's such a, you know, there's a quote because people would ask me, how old are you? <laughs> and I would say, uh, what was the quote? I would say something like, oh my gosh, I feel like I feel so old um, doing this. And I wouldn't necessarily tell them I was 18, but I would just say, I just feel so old doing, uh, <laughs> doing this. I feel like I've been doing it forever. And so they would kind of giggle with me and, and that was it. Oh, man. And I love something you mentioned there, how saying like when people would ask you questions and you didn't know the answer, you had no qualms with saying like, I don't know. Do you think that has carried into your career and your business currently? 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's so important to just say, I don't know when you don't know and, and always get back to the client or whoever you're talking to. And even now we just launched um, a beta program, which I'm, I'm leading that beta program. And the client asked me, you know, how much are you going to charge for this? And, and I really don't know because I haven't figured the pricing out. So I just say, I don't know, but once I do, I'll get back to you. Yeah, no, I, I love that. There's so many things that I can learn from you every time I talk to you. I'd love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about your journey, because I know um, eventually after Seattle, you decided to move abroad and you've been living internationally now for a while or outside of the States anyways. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey? Yeah, sure. Um, so after real estate, I actually went to work for Microsoft for a year. And, and then it was a year contract that I had with Microsoft. And when we finished that year, when I finished that year contract, my brother and I decided that we were going to take six months and travel Europe. Um, and in the meantime, my best friend convinced me to go to London for a few, uh, just a few days, uh, right before we would start off on this journey. And so we arrived to London and that journey took a, obviously a very different turn. A, a mutual friend uh, and ended up introducing to now my husband uh, the first night we got there. And so <laughs> the trip was only five days. I literally had a backpack. That's all I traveled with because it was only for five days. And so after five days, uh, I decided to stay in London and my best friend went back to Seattle on her own. And that's where all began. <laughs> I love that story. And I've, I've told you this before, but I just think, think that story in your life just speaks so much to your love for adventure and taking risks. And also, it also just speaks of Jaime. Like, <laughs> I mean, clearly there was something there if you decided to stay there after just, you know, a few days. Um, so you were in London and was it when you were in London that you and your brother and father started the business or how did that all start? Yeah. Um, so my brother actually started this company when he was still in college. And so he, he started working at a dot com at a very young age at age 15 um, when my dad still had to like drive him to the company. But that said, um, he started this company at a super young age. And then uh, it's, it was already seven years that he has been running this company, but he's really not in, you know, he's not a salesperson. He is not into marketing. He's much more technical, much more driven from technology. And so um, he just saw that I was looking for jobs when I was in London and I wasn't getting, having any luck because I didn't have a visa. And so he came to London first to meet Jaime and to make sure I was okay. And then told me, hey, why don't you, um, why don't you come work for me? Why don't you do sales? Um, and you can just, you know, uh, lead the sales. And, and he pretty much trusted me that I was gonna know what I was doing, which back then I really didn't know what I was doing. And um, yeah, and that was about 10 years ago. One of the things that 
I learned just listening to that little part of your story now, Tati, I like listening to your brother and just his hard work ethic. And I mean, he started a company or started working when he was 15, right? I think it just speaks so much to the hard work ethic that your parents have and instilled in you. And I've had the pleasure to meet both of your parents and they're just the sweetest people ever. Um, I mean, I just love how it kind of runs in the family there. And one of the things I was thinking about, I mean, so your brother offered you that job to start doing sales and marketing when you were in London, and then your story brought you to Mexico. So you've been working remotely for a long time since this company is out of Seattle. Um, There's so many people right now, obviously given COVID-19, who are working remotely all of a sudden, perhaps. So do you have any advice for people who are working remotely? Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, thank you, Dom, your, your parents are also so sweet. Um, and I think that's probably what brings us together, right? Um, and makes us really connect because we have a very similar upbringing. Um, yeah, so I guess my first advice in terms of working remotely is creating a working space where you feel really comfortable. Um, and so often, you know, I have a separate room and I'll shut the door and I'll even lock the door <laughs> um, uh, with, especially with young kids, right? That just barge in and, and want to see who you're talking to. Um, and then I, I follow a really strict routine. So I'm on from eight to six minimum and, and that's when I'm working. So I don't do any other tasks during um, eight to six. So I don't do laundry. I don't cook. I don't even check my personal email or go to Facebook. So uh, as a mom, I know that we have so much that we want to do, but for me to be able to be efficient and to really dedicate the time, I have to, from eight to six at least, just be 100% uh, a businesswoman. Uh, Unless there's, of course, an emergency, which means that somebody is bleeding. Uh, I'm, you know, I tell everybody I'm unavailable. If you have kids, I guess my advice would be that make childcare um, a priority. So whether it's a mom, a neighbor, or even your partner, um, paid nanny, I just feel like without childcare, your business won't get the attention it needs. And so you're not really gonna know if it didn't, you know, if it doesn't succeed, you're not gonna know um, why. Uh, But once you give it your all, you're giving it the the full opportunity to to nurture it and to grow it. So in my experience, I think trying both things at the same time, like being a mom and working at the same time without the extra help, um, I just don't think either one um, is really gonna end up working. So uh, actually a funny story is I remember when a nanny ended up canceling, I couldn't even and answer an email and it took me about four hours to get this one email out and I just remember never never again can I do this because it's you know I'd rather just take the day off than than try to uh, answer email and work while the kids need taken care of yeah no absolutely and I think I mean a lot of our listeners who have been working from home with children at home and perhaps haven't had childcare just given the nature of the pandemic I I think a lot of us can relate to just how hard it is trying to do it all and just feeling like we can't, you know, do anything 100% when we're, you know, dividing ourselves into so many different roles, right? 
something that I'm super impressed with um, about your business is that not only did you take on sales and marketing and you kind of created this new part of this business with your brother, but you've built a super successful team within your company. And I know uh, from talking to you that building a team definitely has its ups and downs. Um, it's hard managing people, but can you share a little bit about what you've learned about building a team of people? Uh, thank you. Well, I'm, I'm still learning and yes, it's, it's been a really interesting journey uh, to say the least. Um, now my team is absolutely amazing. They're, you know, they're the most brilliant people and genuine human beings. And, and really, I, I love them like an extended family. Um, so <laughs> um, building a team, for me at least, it was really hard. Um, I had some of the brightest minds um, as part of the team. But, you know, my advice is like, if people don't fit culturally, it's just not going to work. So you have to find people that you really enjoy working with. And if you think about it, you spend more time with them than you do your own family. So having a great working relationship, I think, is the key. Um, another advice is setting tea, your team up for success. So making sure that they're in the right roles. Uh, I see that if I see that somebody is not performing well, but they're trying really hard, I try to work with them and figure out what can we do? What can we change? Maybe a different role or a different process. And it almost always seems to work. So um, I think one of the you know biggest um, advices is like, don't give up on people who are really trying. Um, just keep doing what you can before letting them go. Uh, and then a few more things I would say are, I'm a huge believer in growing each person in every aspect. So I think growing the team internally, uh, responsibilities, monetarily, intellectually, is really important to me. So I think by having a team that is very dedicated, um, the more dedicated they are, they are, the more dedicated I am in growing them. And especially if they believe in your vision and they wanna be part of a bigger, uh, something bigger, right? Um, and they, it's not just a, a nine to five job. Uh, I really value that. So I hire, uh, I would say, if I were to summarize it, I hire for attitude and train for skill. So a lot of people I hired, actually 14 out of 16 of my team members are women and many of them are, are moms. Uh, so I really, when I hire a lot of them, a lot of them don't have the experience I, I need, but what they have is they're quick learners, they ask questions, they learn from their mistakes and, and ultimately I've been, especially with this team, I've been so lucky that they outperform my expectations. That's awesome. That's like what every manager wants to be able to say about their team. Um, for other women who are perhaps just starting out with their company or maybe even just dreaming of the day they'll be able to hire at least one person, you know, to help one area of their business, what sort of tips would you give to somebody who maybe feels like right now this is just sort of a pipe dream and is doubting themselves, like ever getting to the point they're able to hire someone? Mm -hmm. 
Oh gosh, I have so many. Uh, <laughs> uh, my first, I would say be fearless and don't overthink things. So if you have a great idea, find a way to try it out without spending a lot of time or money. And if it doesn't work, don't dwell on it. Just go to the next great idea, which is probably right around the corner. Um, another motto of mine is nothing is out of reach. Uh, so if you shoot for the stars, even if you don't make it, you'll probably reach the moon, which is pretty darn good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, especially now, I think with everything that's happening in the world, um, I always just tell myself, don't get overwhelmed. Take it one step at a time. And in my, in my um, current role, I try to plan week by week without losing sight of the big picture, um, but really focusing on the smaller milestones, which keep us all going as a team. Uh, and I do often get really impatient, but what I figured is that the journey isn't always linear. So there's a lot of ups and downs, but I'm okay with that, I guess, as long as we're always moving. And then uh, I have a few more. <laughs> no, this is great. Um, like I'm learning so much right now. This is awesome. <laughs> I thank you. Um, no, I really, I re I'm really um, happy I'm here. Thank you again for inviting me. Um, something else that I focus a lot about, uh, on is always learning, learning from everyone asking for help and when somebody offers it just take it i have four mentors right now and i'm still looking <laughs> still looking for mark um, and i have this internal joke that hey this this successful entrepreneur or executive is offering to help i can't say no i'm, I'm gonna take it and so that's um and then trying different things. So I love trying and never being afraid of mistakes or failures. Um, uh, I've made lots of mistakes. Um, I have grown my team several times and it didn't work. I had to let them go. Uh, and every time it was a learning experience. So I think mistakes are part of the journey and they grow us and they guide us. And so I feel like be being a good leader is embracing those mistakes along the way and finally, I would say just keep doing you. No matter what others say or think, many people will tell you that what you're doing is not going to work or it's already been done before or there's so many others who are doing it. But my approach is you'll ha hear a lot of no's, but think of it this way. Every no just brings you closer to a yes. So don't let people's opinions discourage you. And if it's your mission, you need to believe in it. And along the way, I guarantee you'll find the people who will support you and who will help you. And you will um, learn from every single encounter, but just don't let that bring you down. Tati, that's great. Like, I totally feel like you should be giving like motivational keynotes at events. Oh, <laughs> you're the sweetest. No, that's for real. Yeah. Like, I think like I'll be hiring you someday, hopefully. I know. <laughs> to give to um, give a little motivational pep talk. Like that was so good. Um no and I you're think you're the it, sweetest. Thank you. No, but I think it just goes to show like I mean I don't know. I, I just feel like my admiration just grows constantly. Like when I hear about all the different things you're doing and then how you're encouraging and empowering 
women, whether they're moms or who, you know, just women in general, like just giving them the skills since they have the attitude. Like I loved that correlation that you shared. Um, something else that I, Thank you. <laughs> no, of course, something else that I've always admired about you is just how intentional you are, um, in your marriage. I know you and I talk a lot about this. Um, mm-hmm, but we do. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, just like thinking about whether before COVID days, like when you and Jaime would get away for a trip or even just going out for dinner on the weekends and scheduling really your weeks and time um, just around the two of you, because I know he's also, you know, busy working. But I just admire that so much. And I wanted to ask you, like, obviously during quarantine, we've all had a lot of time at home, but can you tell us like some of your secrets, like about making a life you truly love and one that allows you to make time for each other? And maybe they're not secrets. Maybe it's like guidelines or whatever you want to call it. Um, but just make it, maybe it's like making your relationship a priority. How, how are you so intentional about that? Oh, um, so going back to just learning and learning, learning and learning and asking questions and, and asking others what they're doing is has kind of been the, the been the driver of my uh, growth in life. And so I remember back when I was pretty young, I asked my mom um, for advice how she's able to be married and being able to give us the attention we need. But she's, you know, my father and my mother have been married for about 40 years and I see them so happy. And she told me it's to put your relationship at, at the same level of priority as your kids once we had kids. And then another friend I had asked her because I also saw her relationship um, very, it was something I wanted to model after. And she told me her advice was take at least one weekend every three months without kids to reconnect as a couple and, and just have fun because our lives are so stressful. And especially this was a friend that lived in London. We, you know, I felt like we were running at a hundred miles per hour every day. So I really stuck to the, to both of those advices. And, and that said, even though I love my kids and I love to spend every spare moment I have with them, Jaime and I really tried to make time for us alone. So we normally go to dinner every Friday and spend either Saturday or Sunday playing golf. Um, and then of course we take our trips every every three months, four months, and it doesn't have to be anywhere far. It could even just be a hotel nearby. It could be a city nearby. It could be anything just to get us reconnected. Um, so we really love our time together, even though we miss the kids, <laughs> we talk about them. Um, but we really believe both of us that if we have a stronger relationship, that will just make our parenting a much better of an experience for our kids and for us too yeah absolutely no I agree with all of that and I really think we need to I mean as soon as this is over whenever this is over like really yeah just getting time away I think is so important and I think that's one of the things that's been so hard about quarantine right is just yes being at home all the time and feeling a bit stuck at times but uh I don't know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Especially with kids and not having 
even a single moment to like again like reconnect or even have a conversation um, without being interrupted <laughs> yeah no absolutely you've given us some really good tips not only on um, marriage and relationships but I mean even more on work and te- building teams and all of that is there anything else Tatia that you'd like to share with the listeners today I uh, thank you um no, I think, uh, I think we covered it all. I think it's just, I would say the most important is do what you love. And if you do what you love, then it never, you know, the saying, you never work a day in your life. And, and I really believe, believe that that is true because I often end up working um, long hours and it never really feels that way because at the end you're doing it because you love it and and it doesn't feel like you're putting you you don't feel like you're just wasting time so uh no thank you so much dom i am really also inspired with everything you're doing and the time you're finding to do these podcasts and with everything else you have going on with your kids and work so thank you so much for letting me come and speak today. No, absolutely. Well, I know we're all busy and yeah, just so listeners know this, like we're recording this on a Monday night at 8.30 PM. So that's how this is happening. If anyone's wondering when these things happen. Um, Tati, before we wrap this up, could you also just share uh, with the listeners where they could find um, more about live alumni and kind of what you've been working on over the last few years? Yeah, I'd be more than happy to. So uh, Live Alumni is our flagship product, um, and it is to serve universities and higher education institutions uh, with their engagement strategies for their alums. And it's just livealumni.com. And then a side project that I'm really passionate about uh, is UpNotch, and it's a mentorship platform that is to help professionals, entrepreneurs, and executives find a mentor in their life, and, and maybe even many mentors. Uh, it doesn't have to be one. Uh, and it is to encourage people to share knowledge and get the help. Um, and you know, the help can be sometimes perceived as I'm weak or I'm not smart enough, but it really doesn't have to be. It's having the help you're just you are just um, essentially exponentially increasing the experience because not only do you rely on your experience or your gut you can now ask the the mentors for their experience and have them share their expertise with you so it's just it's a another source of knowledge that you have access to and so we really want to make that available to anybody who who is looking to build um, build a company or build um, a team or is going through a challenging time in their career mm-hmm. and um, yeah so and when will that little, when will upmatch yeah. be available so it'll be in the app store and google play by end of august Woo-hoo! so first of <laughs> september yes i'm so excited um i yeah, no, hearing you like have four mentors and I know I've learned so much by asking for help from other people. I can't wait to join the community. (laughs) 
It's, it's going to be, um, it's going to be great. And you know, all the mentors, the difference between that and something like LinkedIn is that all these people that are on this platform, they want to help you. They want to give you their time at no cost. And, um, these are some of the, you know, CEOs of very large companies, uh, entrepreneurs who've sold successfully multiple companies. Um, so I think it's, it's just such a nice way for them to pay it forward and such a nice way for us to learn. So yeah, I I can't wait either. I'm so happy that you've taken that on. Well, thank you so much, Tatia, for um, spending some time with us on Embrace the Musica this week and just for teaching us so many great things and giving us a pep talk at the same time. Hi, <laughs> uh, thanks, Dom. No, you're amazing. And I, I really appreciate um, our friendship and, and you inviting me here today. Thank you. Of course, I'll probably invite you again. So <laughs> thank you. Anytime. <laughs> if you enjoyed today's episode and if you were encouraged by the message, I would love to hear from you. Please subscribe, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Take a screenshot and post it to Instagram and tag me so that we can keep growing together. And until next time, with heart and humility, embrace la musica.